Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, 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 it is another beautiful Monday. We get to sit here and we get to talk about Blue Jackets hockey. We get to talk about the entirely rational reactions that people are having to the Blue Jackets weekend, which was one that could be described as a roller coaster. And that might even be underselling what the weekend was for the Blue Jackets on the ice. Uh, all I'll say is that I was working a, if you want, on a glimpse of my weekend, I would have rather watched the game against Florida than work the concert that I had to work on Saturday night for my job. So, Laura, <laughs> how was your weekend? How are you doing? I know you got a chance to go to the game this weekend. So, like, it, it was a good weekend, I feel like, for you. So, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I know I talked about it in our last episode, but some of my family came to visit on Saturday. So, my mom and my older brother and then three of my nephews and my niece came down to Newark to visit. And I haven't seen my, um, this is a term that I've actually never heard of before, but um, I guess nibblings. people, nibblings, nibblings. We, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my nibblings, I haven't seen them since December. So like Christmassy slash my dad's wedding and Oh, I just love them so much. And um, it was actually kind of a crazy like day. It was very, very windy. And my sister's two youngest, so Hudson and Holly, they do not enjoy wind and storms. They've actually had a pretty some pretty traumatic experiences with wind and storms. And so like they do not handle it well. And so we were going to um, the works, which is a children's museum here in Newark. And it was like, when we pulled into the parking lot, um, the cover to a truck's flatbed was like almost flying off. And so immediately they saw that and <laughs> um, Hudson had like a vice grip on my mom and Hudson or Hallie refused to walk. She was like, Aunt Laura, you were carrying me, and that's all that's happening. So, and I was happy to oblige. Um, so, yeah, but my brother's kids were, like, you know, full force into the wind. Like, they're the complete opposites. Like, they are daredevils. Um, and so we get into the museum, and the poor people <laughs> at this museum, it was so windy that, like, the power kept going off. Like, it just, like, it wouldn't stay off for long. It would only stay off for, like, a couple seconds. But, you know, this is an interactive, like, science and history museum. So there's a lot of screens for things. And so, like, the screens just kept going off and, like, then trying to reboot and all these sorts of things. So eventually they were just, like, we're turning all the screen, like, we're turning all the screens off, like, you have access to everything else in the museum, but like anything that requires a screen, like where it's just not gonna, because something's gonna like short circuit or whatever. So that was a little bit disappointing, but there were still so many like really cool things for the kids to do. And they had an absolute blast. Like we probably spent two hours in there just like 
roaming around and like doing the different activities and because you could build your own race cars and there was a whole like play village and all these different like sciencey things and then they they had a whole exhibit about nasa and you know a bunch of stuff about like ohio history on the second floor um we got to see glass blowing which was fun so the kids like were mystified by the glass blowing um but yeah we just had a really great time and by about like 2 2 15 we were all starving um and so we took the kids to get some mexican food again still crazy windy so i again had a seven-year-old strapped to me the whole time um but yeah we got went to this um Puerto Vallarta is the name of the restaurant. It's in Heath. Um, I did what? make the mature. What? I think I, know what I think I know what you're talking about. It's like over. It's actually over by my uncle's one of his good years. Um, and mm. like where the Starbucks and the Olive Garden and stuff oh, are. Yeah. Um, before we, you get to our favorite Thai place. Correct. Yes. Um, so I did make the mature decision not to take them to the other Mexican place that was around, which is called Tequilaville. So I didn't think my mom would appreciate that very your, much. Your first mistake was not going to La Paloma. That is also probably true. Because La Paloma like, is the main restaurant that birthed Sopapilla Express. Like La Paloma is where that existed. Yes. So they, that's like they sell the Sopapillas. I know, but I looked at their menu too and I was like, I don't know, like I ooh, it felt too fancy to take the kids. <laughs> Trust so, me, I promise you. <laughs> it was not. not. <laughs> I know it's Newark and Heath, okay, I know. Um, but no, it was we still had like that oh god, the poor waiter. Um, but you know, we all had some good food. The boys were kind of rowdy. Um, but of course my sweet little princess angel was just the best. Um, and they ate most of their food and then they all came back to my house, uh, for a couple of hours and I had, uh, strawberry shortcake stuff for them. And we just watched a couple movies and they were like very intrigued about apartment living. Well, I live in a townhouse, but like just, you know, very intrigued of what's upstairs, <laughs> bedrooms and a bathroom, like nothing exciting. Um, but so, yeah, it was fun. It was great. It was really nice to see them and just get to spend some time. And um, of course, my they were all asking when they could come visit next. And I was like, well, let Aunt Laura move and then I will have some more space for all of you. And, you know. We'll do it then, but it was just really nice. And then, yeah, uh, Sunday I went to the game, but we can talk a little bit more about that when we go over the Ottawa experience. But yeah, over than that, it was a it was a good weekend. How was your weekend? I want to hear about T Pain. I mean, look, did you get to meet T Pain? Very, 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 very briefly. Like, when I tell you, like, 
so incredibly briefly like not no interaction like personally like but like there is like he did come in like said hey to like our team and like we took a group picture and all that kind of stuff which is like it's 50 50 with those kind of things i mean like sometimes artists are like like last year young gravy was the artist for the spring concert and he was like very sociable and like wanted to take pictures t-pain is one of the sweetest guys but he is not like uh at least from what i could tell he's not like an interact with the people kind of person which is totally fine but um but no it was it was good i mean like it was fun like like the music was great like i mean like i think t-pain is one of those artists that like especially for us i feel like we forget how many songs of t-pain's we know mm -hmm. i don't know how many songs. like i was thinking about it his like not his most recent album he just released a covers album but like the album that was like popular like that had like booty work and stuff like that like that was 2000 and like, that was 12 years ago wow like, the students that i work with were six to ten years old when the album came out so like i was surprised that they were as into it as they were um but it was good i mean like that was good what i will tell you what i will tell you is that the kids are not okay these kids are not okay. I, listen, you all, I feel like I've never, like, described exactly what I do on the show, like, word for word what my job is. My job full-time, 40 hours a week, and by that I mean 65 hours a week, is I advise fraternities and sororities. I oversee everything that they do at Grand Valley. I make sure that they're doing it safely. I make sure that they get, like, educational developmental programs, leadership development workshops, things like that. Like, that is my job. Like, that is what I do. And part of that is, like, I... I do a lot of like alcohol training. I do a lot of like alcohol and other drugs, like work and all that kind of stuff. Because I don't know if you've seen a fraternity or sorority, but like they're with the shits. And so I have to also be with the shits and teach them how to not be with the shits. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> it wasn't my students because they're what, Laura? Um, Responsible. Okay, don't go there. What, what did I just say? What phrase did I just say? With the shits. They're with the shits. It wasn't my students. It was other students. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Unwell. Absolutely unwell. I'm talking, like, like throwing up all over the place. Like, I mean, like, multiple places around the, like, venue. Um, I'm talking, like, girl is dead in the corner. Like, not certifiably. Like, it reminded me very much of The Princess Bride, where it's, like, your friend's not, like, all dead. He's, like, just, like, half dead. Or mostly dead, whatever the whatever the like mm -hmm. quote is from that movie. Um, that was her, um, and like nobody was doing their job. Like not Grand Valley people, but like people who are contracted from outside of Grand Valley to do their job, aka like EMT and like all that kind of stuff. Like I went over and I said, "Do you see?" And they're like, "Yeah." If if she comes over to us, she's probably gonna get transported. I said, "She's not moot." She's not moving. How's she gonna come? To I don't know. It was just like all bad, and like I was like the captain for the lower concourse which is where the arena itself is and so it was oh my god fights there were fights in the pit like it was just like it was hell on wheels girl like it was bad and i sincerely mean it when i say i would have rather have been at that game that they lost seven nothing than <laughs> had to endure that like that was like it was bad but it was great <laughs> I don't know. It's like one of those things where, like, we do those things, and sometimes I'm like, "What's the value of this?" Yeah. But yeah. So, Young Gravy draws a much more sane crowd. I think that people were more excited about seeing T Pain, right, than they were about seeing Young Gravy, and so I think they pre-gamed a little harder. But like, that's the thing, right? It's like, don't get me wrong. Come turned up. Like, 
come like come with the buzz on. Like I respect that. But don't like like what fun are you gonna have if you're literally throwing up before the opener goes on? That's embarrassing for one. Like I'm embarrassed. Like you should be embarrassed. <laughs> like that's sad. Like be better than this. Like, but also like you're like you're not gonna enjoy this. Like this is gonna be a bad experience for you. And also like not to be this guy and not to promote it on our show, but we live in a state where other forms of getting turned up that don't make you vomit are legal. That is true. And don't say, well, not if you're 21, because guess what? Same with booze. So like they're getting it somehow. Like, so I'm just confused. Like, why would you not turn up on that and come out not sick? I don't know. It was, I was just like, we need our students, the fraternity and sorority students to teach these undergrads how to party because don't get me wrong. My students fuck up sometimes, but yeah, like, I was going to say they like at least know how to monitor people responsibly drinking. Like they might not always do it, but they know how to. And I can tell you that I didn't recognize a single person that threw up on me that night. So, and then motherfuckers were just walking in it. Like, mother, like I was like standing at the, like one of the places, which was convenient that somebody threw up was all over the water station. And so people were coming to go get water. And I went, if you motherfuckers don't stop walking in this vomit in this bright red vomit, this man clearly mixed something shitty with a red Gatorade. It's everywhere. It is everywhere all over the floor. You are slipping in it. And I'm screaming at you telling you to not step in it. And you look at me like I'm the crazy one. And then I was just like, I'm helping you. And then a student cussed me out because she went into T-Pain's like, area, like into like his like security area and like wouldn't listen to me. I said, no, what I'm telling you though is that like I will gladly kick you out of this event with a smile on my face. So I, I'm worked up. We can't talk about it anymore. I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you understand. I was so, and I know in our staff meeting tomorrow, we're going to talk about the event and I'm just going to be like, it was great. It was really great. And I'll be like, fuck them kids and fuck you too. <laughs> It's so bad, but it is what it is. I survived, and that's all that matters. So, what'd you do yesterday? <laughs> I slept until like eleven, and I just like didn't really move. I like did go. I went to Costco and spent like one hundred and seventy dollars on things. Um, to which I then texted some of my coworkers, and I said, "If y'all see me get breakfast or lunch out in the next two weeks, beat my ass. Like, not even just like yell at me, like." physically assault me like whoop my ass in front of god and everybody like beat the shit out of me with a blunt force object packing your own food for this weekend no that's fine that's like <laughs> I, I like it was like lunch like very specific lunch stuff like you know costco right like you get all these like yeah. very different like I got like a handful of like different breakfast things and then I got a handful of different lunch things. So it's like, I literally can't not use those. Like I have to like be good and behave. So we'll see if I do it. Um, yeah. Weekends. Fuck that. No, I'm doing what I want on the weekends, but the $170 that I spent there plus the like $110 that I spent at family fair, which is a grocery store here in Grand Rapids. I was like, I like $300 on groceries. Like I need to like, this needs to be good for like the next two or three weeks. Cause I did get a lot of meat. Like I froze a lot of meat, so I should be fine. But anyway, we'll talk about a weekend that honestly was just about, I feel like the Blue Jackets weekend was more symbolic of my weekend than yours. I feel like you had a pretty good Saturday. Um, so I don't want to compare the two things. 
<laughs> for you. But for me, I think the Blue Jackets had a very similar path to their weekend. A really, really shitty Saturday that nobody wants to hear us talk about and we're not going to talk about. And then a Sunday that like kind of rebounded a little bit, but not without some different complications for what that all means. Correct. And you, my friend had the opportunity to go to the game, which is always fun. We always like to talk about the experiences that you have at games that I'm like living vicariously through you here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. But it's even more exciting this time around, Laura, because who did you go with to the game? I went with a listener. I went with I went with super fan Morgan, um, who is so just absolutely so lovely, which we already knew because like her interactions with us are since she found us, her interactions with us with us have been so great. And she's always been so supportive. And she literally gives us like an episode recap after every one of our episodes. And it brings me so much joy, um, even though I'm terrible at like responding in that way back to her. Um, but yeah, she messaged me on Instagram like a week ago or so and was just like, hey, I don't want to take any of my kids to this game and I have an extra ticket. So, and it's my birthday game technically. So will you um, go with me? She's like, I hope this isn't weird. And I was like, it is not weird at all. Um, I hope I'm not weird because, you know, Jeremy knows best how I am in like certain social situations. And yeah, you're you're weird, but I love that about you. (laughs) I am definitely weird. (laughs) Maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but how did you do in censoring your like normal hockey, like, like outbursts? Oh, I was very controlled. Um, Yeah. So we met outside, which first of all, I didn't even know that you could, it wasn't me. It was her, but I didn't even know that you could park in this, uh, area but so she we were messaging each other because we we're gonna you know meet in the plaza before the game and i was just hanging out on a bench um in front of whistling keg and she's like okay i'm just about to park um and then i'm gonna walk over well she was literally there like 30 seconds later and i was like girl where did you park like there's no way because i'm thinking she parked like in our normal garage or like now what i'm gonna ask though before you say this is this like a secret spot that she's gonna kick your ass for saying on the air no it's definitely not secret (laughs) um so so front is what runs in front of the plaza right front street yeah and then nationwide is what like and nationwide's on the side yeah okay so she parked in those parking spots, we parked there in the summer when we were down there oh, celebrating yeah. on that, that street parking. Yeah, the metered parking, yeah. But there's no meters there. Oh. So she just, like, miraculously found this spot. And she's like, my car is either going to be there or it's not. <laughs> when we were walking out of the game. I love that energy. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. So she... It was so lovely. Like we talked the whole time um, and it was really nice to like get to know her on a more personal level. And she had awesome seats, like awesome, awesome seats, which were just like fantastic. The kind of seats in the arena where you're like, can be comfortable and like, you know, things are adjustable and, you know, you don't feel like, the biggest person in the world, which I'm more often than not feel like when I'm in nationwide arena. 
but um so yeah it was great the um there was <laughs> this is one thing that drives me crazy sometimes is because when people like I get it. You see open seats. You want to like get a better view than the seats that you paid for. But like, so there were some open seats in front of us and all of these high school boys showed up all of a sudden. I was like, there's no way in hell that these are your seats. Like there's just no way. And so they're sitting there and what happened, what was weird yesterday is a lot of people didn't realize that the game started at six. I was afraid that you were going to text me like some sort of panicked text that you forgot that it started at seven or at six. And I don't know why I thought that like in the back of my head. I'm like, Oh no, I was, I was hyper-focused that it started at six, but there were a ton of people that thought it started at seven. So like the arena, I mean, it was still pretty full, but like it got noticeably full after the first, like in the first intermission before the second period. Because that's when all of these other people showed up. And these, so these high school kids are sitting in front of us and they're not like being rude or anything. They're just in these seats. And this um, set of parents and their like babies show up and they're like, these are our seats. And the kids were like, no, they're not, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, these are not your seats. Like, stop giving them a hard time like just get up and finally one of the kids was like guys just get up like move or whatever and so then they just moved to other empty seats but it's like if you're in the wrong just like own up to it and move like you're not supposed to be there in the first place so just stop being a pain in the butt and go either back to your original seats or go somewhere else like it's that simple yeah. And the girls that were sitting behind us at the very end of the game when they were doing the three stars, obviously one of the, the stars was Boone. And so everyone did the whole like Boone situation. These girls have been sitting behind us the whole time. So like Boone scored, like Boone was in the starting lineup, all this sort of stuff. Like this had happened several times. And so they're doing the whole thing with him getting the first star. And one of the girls taps me on the shoulder and goes, why are they booing him? And I was like, they're not. And she goes, yeah, they are. And I was like, his name is Boone. And she was like, oh my God. (laughs) She was very intoxicated. But I just was like, you've literally witnessed this happen like three or four times in the time span that you've been here. What? (laughs) The one one thing that I think I'm realizing as we're listening to this is my, this is my warning to listeners. If you see that you're sitting around Laura, just know that she's going to talk about you on the show because I feel (laughs) like you talk about the people you sit around and judge them so, so deeply every episode that we do. They're part of my experience. And in all fairness, sometimes assholes sit around me. So I just am waiting for the day that we get a message that's like, hey, Laura, just so you know. <laughs> I was and I'll be like, hey, say, Jeremy, handle that. Well, I will. But I also will say, Jeremy, you can say this to this person. 
don't be a dick when you're in the arena and you won't get talked about on the show. But no, it it really was, they were fine people. Like everything <laughs> was fine. Um, and don't act like you don't judge the people that are around us too when we go to games. 100%. Sir. You just don't talk about it on the show. <laughs> I 100% yeah, well, talk about it or joke about it with you. I'm talking about my experience. Um, <laughs> How about the game? What happened to the game? What happened on the ice floor? The, the game was uh, chaos, honestly. Correct. So obviously, we, you know, Hutch had a terrible time Saturday night against Florida. Like, he just got his ass beat, you know. It's hard to come back from a 7-0 shutout. Like, it's just, it's hard. So, naturally, they decide to give John Gillies the start, which everyone's, you know, apprehensive. It's his first ever NHL game. And, um, you know, he hasn't really had a ton of experience and stuff. Actually, I don't think it's his first NHL game. It might be, like, it was his first for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, correct. It was, like... He's played like 30 something NHL games. He played like 19 with the or something like that with the Devils last year. Like he wasn't a, their starter, obviously, but he played quite a few games last year for the Devils. Gotcha. Just his first start. So the, his first start for the Blue Jackets. And, you know, obviously goaltending has not been a highlight for anyone this year. And what? so everyone, <laughs> so everyone's a little bit apprehensive. And the first period is just chaos. Like, just chaos. All of the scoring that was done for 98% of the game happened in the first period. So Ottawa got three goals. We got two goals. And it kind of felt like you couldn't really gauge what was going to happen. Like at the end of the first period, you were like, this is going to go one of two ways. Like where they're going to get murdered again but thank God we, you know, scored two goals at least. Or things are going to get weird. And things got weird because it was completely scoreless all of the second period. And then all the way up to until six, six minutes left in the third period. And we finally, the, you know, Boone scores and ties it up. And even at that point, I mean, obviously it's any man's game for those last six minutes, like either team could have scored, but because the first period was so chaotic and Gillies had such a hard time getting adjusted. And like, he, he like the onslaught of shots started right away. Like right away for him. And at one point in time, this poor kid <laughs> at one point in time, his skate blade fell off like mm-hmm. as he was under attack by Ottawa. So like his skate blade falls off. He then, and I was explaining this to Jeremy, he then monkey bars the like goal and is hanging there, blocks a shot while hanging in the air lets himself down and then the next shot as he's like trying to get readjusted just like right under his arm and into the net like it was chaos so then of course he immediately has to like do the awkward goalie crawl across the ice 
And the whole time we're like, is he hurt? Like what's happening? Cause Morgan and I were sitting on the attack twice side. So we we're, you know, the furthest away from him possible at this point and couldn't tell. We're like, is he hurt? What's happening? And I'm sitting here going, we do not have enough goaltenders for one of you to be hurt again. Like we just simply do not. So this needs to be an equipment situation. Um, and thankfully it was, it was his skate blade. Like I watched the replay uh, last night and you can like physically see the blade come off and it's just like hanging out there in the crease with him. Um, and actually in, in the momentum to try and block the second shot, he actually kicks the blade out into the ice. Um, but yeah, it was nuts. And so because it was so chaotic, he was just like, really on his game for the rest of the time. And so was, um, is it Galat? No. Talbot. I got it. (laughs) I got it. Um, And so was Talbot for Ontario. So it was, yeah, just what? For who? Ottawa. Sorry. (laughs) I, I love... I love what what did you call him at first? Galat. I love Galat, that incredible goaltender from Ontario. <laughs> oh Jesus. It's a Monday, y'all. Can you tell? A, I know you're good, listening. It's a good fucking thing that you don't have to talk about hockey on a podcast. That would suck. Rude. <laughs> I was just so nice to you about so many things, and you have just been shitting on me this whole time. I love you. I complain too much about the people around me. I clearly can't speak when I'm talking about games. Okay, it's fine. (laughs) (sighs) I'm not super excited to see you this week or anything. I have to, like, make it so that you're, like, still a little bit, like, angsty. Like, I can't let you, like, treat me like I'm, like the best thing in the world like when i come and visit so i need to like piss you off a little bit so that way like you're me- like you know what i mean like i don't want you to treat me too nice when i'm back home i want it to be normal we're broken yeah 100 <sighs> percent. anyway so yes it was a battle of wills for the goaltenders and yeah and then it just it got really exciting in overtime because I really enjoy witnessing like history moments and we got a history moment because Kirill Martenko toppled that. I'm going to use your terminology. Whiny French Canadian bitch. Out I, of say being bastard. I say bastard. I say bastard. Don't, don't, don't put that on me. <laughs> Whiny French Canadian bastard out of being the top rookie scorer for the Columbus Blue Jackets with his 21st goal of the season, an yeah. overtime winner, which is infuriated so many humans. But I could not have been more excited for him. Morgan was so excited. She said the only the only way she would be happy if we won at all was if it was a Marchenko goal. Um, and yeah, it was just a perfect feed from Johnny and just a perfect window opened up. And even though, again, we were, like, on the other side because they had switched again, you just saw it perfectly go in. And just the whole, you know, I'm never going to be upset when the whole arena, like, that atmosphere 
and just the pure excitement. And, you know, he also got an assist. I think his fourth assist of the season uh, yesterday. So, and he did his post-game interview with Jody and he just was all smiles. Like he could not have been happier. Jody was trying to get like a lot of technical things out of him. And he just kept being like, I don't know, Jody, I just score. Like I just... I just score. The puck came to me. I score. Like there's no, <laughs> he's like, I wasn't really thinking about anything else. Just, you know, here we are, but that's why we love him. He's a man of few words and a big personality. So that is true. And I, I got my you. streamers. Finally, you did. you did finally get your streamers, but Laura, do you know what we love more than a man with a big personality? A man who Bets on DraftKings. Sure, I was just gonna say DraftKings in general, but yeah, no, for <laughs> sure that works too. <laughs> You're really like tossing me to the wolves today. <laughs> Try my best. Try my best. But um, folks, you know this one. You know it might be a little out of date by the time you listen to it, but that's a okay because the sentiment remains, and that is that we have just witnessed the biggest basketball tournament in all of of college sports and not the biggest basketball tournament we all know it's the biggest basketball tournament in in all sports but it's even just the biggest tournament in all sports and the thing that made it so much more fun for me was DraftKings Sportsbook one of America's top rated sportsbook apps because you know even right now new customers can bet just five dollars on any pregame money line and uh score one hundred dollars one hundred fifty dollars excuse me it just keeps getting better and bonus bets if your team wins because um, you're going to be able to combine multiple bets for a shot and an even bigger payout because DraftKings, you know, they're featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long. And and so you're going to want to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app as you continue to move into baseball season and all these other seasons to be able to get your chance at winning as much money as humanly possible, all these different deals. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, you're going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up using code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with coach THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But Laura, the biggest thing, I mean, like you kind of alluded to it when you mentioned the the concept of like, you know, a lot of folks maybe didn't love seeing the Blue Jackets win that game in overtime. Um, And I understand the sentiment. Again, we've talked about the, like, we're not covering anything new on the show by saying that, like by saying, you know, we totally understand where the Blue Jackets are at in this season. And I think it's funny that Morgan manifested it ending the way that it did. I just also like to your sentiment too, right? It's the idea that in that moment, there were about 18,000 folks who like weren't thinking about Connor Bedard when that puck went in the back of the net and still being able to see that was cool. But we'd be lying if we said that with every day, every point changes things up a lot, especially, especially, Especially when you've got the likes of Chicago Blackhawks and honestly the Anaheim Ducks at this point who who are just finding a way to suck and suck hard right now. But folks, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. What more do you want the Blue Jackets to do? Because I'm going to read this to you. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to have to pause to make sure that I'm getting this right as I'm reading this. Andrew Peak, Billy Sweezy, Sean Corrale, Johnny Gaudreau, Gavin Bayreuther, Liam Foody, Josh Dunn, Jake Christensen, Justin Richards, Boone Jenner, Hunter McCown, Yona Luoto, Marcus Bjork, 
Eric Robinson, Emil Bemstrom, Tim Burney, Kirill Marchenko, Ken Johnson, John Gillies. That team won a fucking hockey game. Like, there's like, that's like not a good team. Like, that is like an abysmal team. That is a bad, bad team. That team is the same team in most parts that also took Boston to overtime and got a point out of them. What more do you want? That, like, what more could they possibly be doing to tank? Like, what fucking more could they be doing to tank? That turnover from Tim Stutzla, which is, like, first of all, like, entirely, like, out of character and such a, a young player mistake to turn the puck over the way that he did in overtime. How do you, like, how do you lose that game? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Ottawa sucked. And Boston sucked when we played Boston in Boston. There's, like, again, like, it's that, like, even the worst players in this league are still good at hot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not, like, this team is bad as currently constructed. They're still going to find ways to win games like this, and that's the crazy part, right? Because Ottawa is a team that, technically speaking, although I think especially after that game on Sunday, it's a foregone conclusion that there's there's no chance. But that's a team that was technically in playoff contention at that point. Like, that's a team that technically is still in playoff contention, and yet they lose that game against Columbus in Columbus against a team that, frankly, is is not more than five or six guys that are solid NHLers, if that, at times. What what more do you want? Like, how could you uh, – <laughs> you've got a guy who hasn't played goal in the NHL this season starting after your other guy gave up seven goals the night before. You've got – fucking Justin Richards playing in his third NHL game. You've got, or second, I don't even remember, third, third. third. Um, you know what I mean? Like, this team is not set up You've to win hockey games. gotten 11 injuries in, like, a week and a half. Yeah, I mean, like, this team is just, like, not, not good. And so I, I get where people come off and they say, like, you know, like – don't be good <laughs> like how is this team good and and that's the other thing too is like the players aren't gonna tank like that's it's not a thing like well and especially like especially when you consider the fact that like it's almost to the detriment i think of the blue jackets in some ways when you talk about like points right is like so many of these players are guys who like literally like, and this is not being dramatic and I'm not like, this is no disrespect to the players who are currently playing on this team literally had to have all those injuries, had to have all those other like things happen, had to have these trades that happened happen in order to even crack an NHL lineup. They're playing to make an impression, right? Like, so they're not going to like, especially those guys, those fringe guys, they're not going to take nights off. Like they're not going to buy into the tank because if they buy into the tank, it means that somebody's going to overlook them in free agency and, and they're not going to get a two way deal, right? They're going to get, they're going to have to sign an AHL deal and hope that they can figure it out. Like that's like what we're dealing with with some of these guys on this team. Justin Richards is not an NHLer, like by all intents and purposes. John Gillies is not an NHLer by all intents and purposes. Like so these are players that need to play like their asses off in order to even prove themselves to be somebody who could potentially make an NHL roster next year, let alone an AHL roster next year in some cases. So it's just like it's it's a little tough to like expect that these guys are just going to roll over. I mean, there's one guy on this team, I can't remember if it's Justin Richards or if it's Luoto that came in, who's thanking all his holy stars that Trey Fix-Wolanski slept through his alarm clock 
and missed a team meeting on Saturday and got sent back to Cleveland. Right. Like these are the kinds of situations that are bringing these guys who may never, who knows the ne- the next time they're ever going to get this opportunity. So why would they waste it? Like it still doesn't make this a great combination of players to have on an NHL level team, especially when you're looking at the next two, the last two weeks of the season and season and who we're going to be facing. But just like you said, what the fuck else do you want them to do? Like, literally, what else do you want them to do besides break everyone's kneecaps? Because that's kind of what I feel like the rage and expectation is, is that, you know, because they're not going to give up. I don't know if you've ever watched Johnny Gaudreau play a hockey game, but like his facial expression, even in the worst of situations, like, I texted you when you were in the heat of your concert drama on Saturday saying like, I think someone needs to check on him because he was going to the back to the bench every, after every shift, just like defeated and frustrated and like trying everything that he had to like push his line and push the rest of the team to just do something against Florida, just do something. And They're not, because again, honest to God, they don't give a flying fuck about the draft. Like, they really don't. Like, they gave fucks about the drafts when they were all going through it, but after that, don't care. So, you know, it's just, it's such a, like, terrible, toxic situation to be in, but... There's not much else they can do other than just sit down, like, on the ice. Like, pretend that they're a four-year-old playing soccer for the first time and pick non-existent dandelions out of the grass. Which they sometimes do on their own free will and volition. Like, <laughs> that is what they looked like on fr- on Saturday against Florida. Like, so, I mean, like, it's not to say that those moments aren't happening. Like, but they're, like at least somewhat sporadic enough to where the Jackets are finding ways to win some of these games. I think in their last seven, I think they're three, three and one or something like that. Right. I mean, that's the team that's playing 500 hockey right now, which like you could argue is something you don't want to see happening. And it's something that the blue jackets have done year after year after year, where they've had such a miserable season and they end it by putting together some sort of a run. And so like, for that reason, I understand where people are coming from, but I think again, like what we underestimate sometimes is just how, much a draft lottery is a lottery, especially in the last couple of years, because I feel like the draft lottery has gone kind of chalk, if that makes sense. Like it hasn't necessarily been interesting. Like the the team that finished last in the league has gotten the first overall pick the last two years, I think it is, which is like, not to say that it's not possible that that could happen again. I mean, like if you remember when TSN did their like simulation at the draft lot or at the trade deadline, the Jackets were the 32nd team in the league and they did, in this simulation, win it. But Laura, we're going to do something today real quick, uh, just as a little bit of a visual aid for the people. So right now the Blue Jackets sit in 30th. I see a world where the Blue Jackets finish 30th this season. I like based on like Chicago and Anaheim and how bad they've been. And just like thinking about the fact that the Jackets could still find a way to get a few points here toward the end of the season. I see a world where they finish 30th, but for shits and gigs, we're going to, we're going to run two, two pairs of simulations. We're going to run a simulation where the Blue Jackets finish 30th and we're going to finish or we're going to do a simulation where the Blue Jackets finish 32nd. And what we're going to do 
is we're going to do 10 simulations. Pretty quick to do. We're going to pull it up here. I'm going to pull it up now. Here's something that this doesn't make the, the show lag at all. Um, but essentially, here's how it works for the people who do not know. So if you finished last in the league, you have a 25.5% chance at getting the first overall draft pick. Second, you get 13.5. Third, 11.5. 9.5 for fourth, and I'm just going to run down the line. 8.5 for fifth. Sixth, 7.5. Um and I should say sixth, sixth worst. Let me clarify. Um, seventh is a 6.5, eighth, 6.0, ninth, 5.0, 10th, 3.5, and 11th, 3.0. After that, it gets a little choppy because technically those teams can't jump up to get number one. They could jump up still, and it could affect how some of those other teams are picking. But overall, it's not going to change all too drastically. So we're running these simulations with this. And right now we're going to run a simulation as if the Blue Jackets are currently finishing the season 30th. So let's do it real quick. We're just going to hit uh, Sim Lottery, and uh, what whatever color lights up green, that is the color of which the lottery has chosen. So first pick, um, Chicago. So Anaheim won that one, and uh, Montreal jumped up to second, and Chicago, who's the worst team in the league, um, picking third in that. So there's one for you. Here's the next one. This one, Columbus. Columbus gets the first overall draft pick. This is, again, the third-place team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, and I, I keep saying third-place team, 30th. Oh, and the Montreal Canadiens, once again, they're picking second. Uh, so there you go again. And the Chicago Blackhawks are picking third again. How crazy is this? The worst team in the league picking third once again. Let's sim it again. Oh, my God, look at this. The Blackhawks third again. Third again, folks. And so this one has Montreal jumping up to first. Second would be Arizona. Third, uh, third would be Chicago, and then it'd fall in line. Columbus picking fifth in this one. This is like the worst case scenario if the Jackets finish thirtieth. That's my biggest red flag about that happening potentially. Run it again. Oh, look at that Columbus first overall draft pick again. So for those of you who are keeping track at home, Columbus finishing this again. This is just such a lottery. This is the second time that Columbus has finished first as the third team with the third best odds, and Chicago still has not gotten the first best odds or the first overall pick as we've been doing this. It still has not happened. They got second in this one. And then third was Anaheim, and then it falls in line after that. Is that five simulations I've done or four to this point? That's four. Four. I'm glad you're taking notes because I'm, like, in the moment, and I'm in the heat of it, and I had it written out over here, but good call. I got you. This is the fifth time, and uh, when you look at that, Chicago, once again, not first overall. Montreal gets their second first overall pick, um, and then it falls in line after that, and it goes chalk, Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus there. Um, which again, in this situation, Columbus's most likely scenario is picking fourth overall with a 45.4% chance. So six time is the charm for Chicago and it's not, it's not, um, this one goes Anaheim, then San Jose, then Chicago, then Columbus. Uh, so that's the uh, six times the charm. How about lucky number seven? Ah, Columbus again. Columbus has won it again. Look at that. Um, so that's three times out of seven. That Columbus, as the third, the team with the third best odds, has gotten the first overall draft pick. Chicago once again falls to third. Vancouver makes a pretty nice jump up to second, uh, and then it falls in line after that. Chicago third, Anaheim fourth, and so on and so forth. Pick number eight. Columbus wins it again. Columbus wins it again, and this time San Jose jumps up to the second spot. Chicago third, Anaheim fourth, so on. 
go to simulate it again. Look at this. Washington, the Washington Capitals jump up to get Connor Bedard. Could you fucking imagine? And uh, they pick first, Anaheim second. So Anaheim stays in second. Chicago falls again once back to third. And uh, that's where we're at there. We're going to simulate this one more time. Uh, look at this. Okay. Philadelphia. Philadelphia wins it this time around. Columbus hops up to two. So that's another improvement. So out of the out of the 10 times, because that's 10, right? Yep. Out of the 10 times, Columbus moved up four times. And Chicago did not get the number one overall pick a single time. Well, technically, we moved up three times because we got first four and second one. Huh? Like we, we moved up. From, we got the first overall pick four times in that. Yes, but then we also moved up to the second pick one. So we time. moved up five times. Five times. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Okay, so let's clear this again. Let's let's clear the sim and let's change it. Let's move Columbus up to that number one spot. Let's say they finish thirty second. Let's say Chicago will give them thirty first, and we'll give Anaheim. All right, ready to do this 10 more times? Yes. All right, Sim Lottery. San Jose, one. St. Louis, two. Columbus, third. Chicago, fourth. And Anaheim, fifth. Do it again. Columbus, third. Arizona, first. Philadelphia, second. And then it falls in line. Look at this. St. Louis, first overall pick. Chicago, Columbus. Then it falls in line. Ooh, big jump here. Detroit. Oh, honestly, like they like with the shit that they've gotten over the course of their franchise history with lottery, that would be wild if they won this one. Um, but that one has Detroit winning and then Columbus in second. Um, that was four, I think, at this point that I've done. Let's do yes. the fifth here. Columbus wins on the fifth one. So Columbus, uh, that's the 15th time we have run this simulation and that is the first time that the team with the best odds to get the first overall pick has gotten it. Columbus one, Arizona two, Chicago three, and so on and so forth. Six time on this iteration, San Jose jumps to number one, Vancouver, number two, Columbus falls to third. Number seven, Chicago jumps up to get the number one overall. And then Arizona jumps up to get the second overall and then Columbus third overall. And then it falls in line. Do it another time, Columbus. Okay, so again, second time in 17 that the first overall pick has gone to the, to the worst team in the league. And then uh, Anaheim hops up to two, and Chicago falls back one to three the rest of the time it falls in line. Number eight here, Columbus is going to pick second because Vancouver jumped up to get that first overall pick. Everything else stayed chalk. 19th, 19th time, Columbus once again does win it here. So that's three times for Columbus with the best overall odds. Um, in 19 picks, we've got one more here, but then San Jose jumps up to second. The rest falls in line. And last but not least, this final one, Anaheim picks first, Arizona jumps up to second, and Columbus picks third. So all of that to illustrate, right, that this is not <laughs> as easy as people think it is. This is not as simple. And, and I will be the first to admit that there are probably some of those numbers that might be a little bit different, but that illustrates the point, right, of – this is a lottery. Like this is like what we might see might end up being chalk. That's not impossible. We saw it a couple of times in the simulation that we ran, but Laura with the blue jackets finished 30th. 
they had what four you said four over, first overall draft picks mm-hmm. and when they finished 32nd they had three out of the 10 um yes so i mean like again i'm not insinuating that by finishing 30th you have a better chance than picking first overall like that's just not true mathematically that's not true what we just ran demonstrated that was not true but it's not to say that that's not like again if you finish for like 32nd you have a better chance of picking third than anything else than anything else so again like this is all just an odds game it's all a lottery it is all a gamble right and i think that that's where a lot of people and by a lot of people, I mean, like, people on social media are confused. Like, it is a lottery. Just because you finish last does not mean you're picking first. Like, I'm I'm sure that that works that way in some other leagues and great, fine, dandy, whatever. But it's not how it works in the NHL. And it is a lottery like there's physically a thing that has little white plastic balls in it that they use like so it is a lottery um and you know it just it's gonna be what it's gonna be and you know they've set the date for the draft lottery um as as we were talking pre-show like we're pretty sure no Blue Jackets fan doesn't have this circled on their calendar. But, you know, Monday, May 8th, we're going to find out our fate in in the draft lottery. And then we'll have to wait until, what is it, the end of June? Yeah. I think the 28th yeah, the and 29th. Yeah. So we'll have to wait, you know, basically almost two full months um, until the draft actually starts. But you know, at least at that point after the eighth, we'll know. And we can either, you know, there's a lot of great talent in this draft too. And I know that everyone's hope is Connor Bernard. My hope is Connor Bernard. That would be, you know, a franchise altering situation for us. It's going to be a franchise altering situation for whomever Connor Bernard goes to, but that doesn't, underestimate like that doesn't mean that everyone else that's in this draft especially in the top five who are projected to go because we've also seen things especially last season where oh I forget what the he's in Seattle but I forget what's his name he was supposed to be picked first Shane Shane Wright Shane Wright so like what Connor Bedard is gonna go first no, I I'm not talking about Connor Bedard. I'm talking about like everyone under him, right? And yeah. like how those things. Connor Bedard is at number one, but like we've seen things in the draft that have changed up because teams just pick differently. They have different needs and wants and stuff. And basically, after that first person goes, it's kind of all up in the air. So. I think everyone just needs to like cool it a little bit. Like it's not like I'm not, you know, desperate for us to get in a good situation too. But like we've said, we don't know what else you want them to do. Right. Like, because they're not just going to forfeit games. They're not just going to walk out there. And like, because that would be a whole other thing. Like that would be a whole other issue with the league and all of this other stuff. Like, it's just not possible. This isn't like your 
backyard basketball game or whatever. Like you don't just get to forfeit. And like all of those people who are working for the team, like from the ground up depend on our games being well attended. Like, you know, that people are engaged, like all those sorts of things. It's so much a bigger thing than I think people can really grasp. And it just is what it is at this point. And like, people are just starting to get really mean and really just kind of ridiculous about it. It was honestly, it, it feels a lot of like, um, what's his face when we were waiting to see where he was going to get traded to from Arizona. Oh, Jacob Chigrin. Jacob Chigrin. Like I was, I was, I mean, it would have been cool. Sure. But I could not have been more happy when he finally got traded somewhere because I was tired of being like in this conversation and like hearing he's a make or break situation and blah, 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 blah. Like people are just getting nasty and it's really gross. Like sports are supposed to be fun. Um, that being said, I would love to see the Blue Jackets finish last in the league. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> like, and two I'm not saying true at once. Two things can be true at once. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. Like, I also don't want that in some way, shape, or form. But like, they're doing everything just naturally on their own. It's been a terrible season. We've had so many bad things happen. And, like, honest to God, I don't put it past the greasiness of the Chicago Blackhawks for them to actually be tanking on purpose. Like, I hate that franchise and want no good to come to them. So, I mean, they're a bad team. Like, if you like, they're like, for well, yeah, they the traded away God. everything. Yeah. Like, they tr- literally traded away everything. We didn't do that. Like, we kept like as much of our like quality as we could. So yeah. Yeah. I just like, we would never have traded away a con like, you know what I mean? Like everybody they traded away had an expiring deal. So like, at least like that made right. sense. Like if they were trading away, somebody with six years on their deal, like that would be sus to me. Like, you know what I mean? But yes. So nevertheless. yes, but so yeah, so it's all going to come out in the wash soon but like ease up a little bit they're already doing the most that they can to suck so most nights they're good at it like most nights they're pretty good at yeah sucking. they were really good at it on saturday like i have never been happier that sergey baroski had the flu because like the only thing that would have made that shutout worse was if we had given it to bob so mm. you know like they're already doing it they're they're like and the teams that we're facing this week there's a high likelihood that they're going to continue like keep doing it because before as you're listening to this if you're listening before the game we're about to, to face the toronto maple leafs which is always an interesting scenario um have they they've clinched their spot right though yeah okay but they're still you know they're still going to be in it or whatnot and then Thursday is everyone's least favorite scenario, us playing New Jersey in New Jersey. So, and that's not going to go great. But, so, cool it. They're doing the most they can to suck. <clears throat> They're going to win both of those games, right? Probably. <laughs> um, one thing of note before we wrap this one up. So, everybody, like, 
probably the biggest draft. Like this all feels a little bit to me like the 2014-2015 season where like you had Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel were like the presumed one and two, right? Like, and that was like what you would expect to happen. Like that did happen that way. Like it is, it was what it was. But I think the thing that people like forget (laughs) is that the team that finished the worst that year was Buffalo. Buffalo finished the worst. And don't get me wrong. These odds have changed since then. They've altered the way that they've done. They do the draft. So we're not comparing apples to oranges here, but Buffalo finished uh, with 54 points that year, dead last in the league. Then Arizona finished 29th, 56 points. And then Edmonton had 62 points and they finished 28th. So they finished third from the bottom. Um, And well, I guess, I don't know how you would say that. They finished where the Blue Jackets are right now. And we all know who won that draft lottery. It was the Edmonton Oilers. And then Buffalo, you know, only moved down one and Arizona fell back to third. Like, I mean, like Arizona, if that, if that draft goes chalk, Connor McDavid's a saber and Jack Eichel would have been a coyote. Like, yeah, those like that season did not like, you know what I mean? Like that lottery did not project project this way. And it feels like too NHL for, for that to like not happen again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like some, I don't think the team who finishes 32nd overall is going to get, get Connor Bedard. I really don't. And so it's just going to be interesting to see how it all shuffles out. Plus like the dramatics of it. Like it's fun. Like I, I will be rip roar and pissed off if the blue jackets end up picking like higher than they should. Like, you know what I mean? Or I guess lower again, however you want to describe it. Um, Like that'll piss me off, but it'll be fun to watch to see what happens on the eighth. Like that's going to be intense. Yeah. It's going to, yeah, it's, it's going to be, everyone's going to be on pins and needles and we will, I don't know what we're doing. It's a Monday. We normally record. So we'll do a live stream. Oh God. <laughs> Should we do a live stream? Just a full meltdown. Um, well, yeah. Cause if we do get first overall, then like our reaction will be like, set in stone Forever. and also our manicness of then planning a trip to nashville um yeah we would absolutely be going to that draft somehow somewhere but yeah we'll probably do a live stream it'll be entertaining we'll have a great time we'll have a really great time but uh, i feel like i owe you a put up because i feel like i've been meaning to you this episode so i just wanted to say i really loved listening to your coverage of the game and your experience on sunday and I mean that genuinely. Thank you. You're welcome. You should talk about hockey more often. You should record a podcast for it. Should I? Maybe. You should call it objectively speaking. <laughs> hey, I think I did that once though. Yeah. And then you realized that that was a bad day for a <laughs> podcast and then pivoted in hopes that nobody would ever notice. Um <laughs> Laura, what else is on your mind as we wrap this one up? That's really, I mean, like for me at least, like I don't have, like that was fun. Thanks for entertaining us on that simulation. Um, And thanks for listening to us rant about it. But Laura, do you have anything else? I have two things. Oh. Um, One is we've officially wrapped our fantasy hockey season. 
I wasn't going to talk about this because neither of us won. And I'm pissed off because I didn't set my lineup on Saturday, on Sunday, so I didn't end up finishing third. I'm pissed. I forgot to. Well, I think I owe it to our the people who so, like, participated with us to, like, give them um, a little of notoriety. Don't be a dick. Sore loser. So, in first place, because he just, like, dominated everyone was um david rasmussen uh he finished with a 19 and 2 record um over the course of the season so congratulations david we will be in touch soon about your prize um and then in second were our beloved friends uh salia and julie and they really had a great season too i mean 16 and 5 um they had a really great lineup so Kudos to them. And then in third was the Lake Erie Barons. Their record was 13-7-1, which means they ha- someone had a tie at some point. Yeah, we talked about it. Remember, it was Kyle, and that's how you got into the playoff. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, so congratulations to them. And then in fourth place is my so handsome co-host, Caulfield of Dreams. So I did. He wasn't on my team for about like three weeks. (laughs) That's true. Um, And then I finished in the place that I was uh, running for, which was fifth. And then to round it all out in sixth place was Robert Cron Fan Club. Wrapped it all up in sixth place. So thank you to. Everyone, there's many more people who were in our league this season. So thank you to everyone who participated. Um, We hope we're going to do this again next year or next season. So I want to win back my glory. And I know Jeremy Super wants to try to steal that from me. Two out of three years, I finished higher than you. One year, you beat me to finish higher than me. So you kind of still have the edge, but <laughs> the first year you sabotaged me because you just never taught me how to do it. Google is so free. Like Google is so zero dollars and zero cents. So but I free. shouldn't have to go to Google when my best friend is promising me that he will help me in fantasy hockey. And then he just doesn't. So it sounds like a dick. Sometimes. Anyway, my <laughs> second thing. So congratulations to everyone. But anyway, my second thing is we uh, get to re-celebrate um, the night that we won our podcasting award because eight months later, we are finally Otterbind famous and our little blurb about winning the podcast awards last summer finally showed up in the Otterbind magazine. and. So yeah, so we get to briefly relive our glory moment eight months later. But now we do, now we do. It's a good picture. It is a good picture, although it is then proof of our dramatic age difference. I was gonna say, do you want to point it out? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not gonna say it. Um, Even if I like post it, I'm gonna blur out. At least my graduating year. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be caught though because they break it up by deck like they break it up like by like year in which you graduated like like there's a, ca- a category 
And we're the yeah, last but if one I if I just category, if I just do a little picture of the thing, that won't be there. I will just once again say that Google's free, <laughs> and that the people like if anybody has wanted to know how old you are in the 171 episodes that we've done the show and in the 49 episodes in which you've like subtly referred to your age like they know <laughs> like they know how old you are still covering it okay got it i don't want everyone to know how much older you are than me well i'm younger than you but i was making a that, joke oh <laughs> And then you were that just went, mean about it. That went over my head. That went way over my head. Maybe, maybe I am older than you. You see what I have to deal with, all of you? It's entirely possible. It is entirely possible that I am older than you. Anywho. I was trying to compliment myself, which you're always asking me to do. And then you just completely let me fall <laughs> on my face. Okay. I don't know that that's exactly what you're trying to do. I think you're... <laughs> Uh, I'll make you do a real put up to yourself after the show, but Laura, let the good folks know where that blurred image is going to be. Where where is it going to? Where are they going to be able to find it? Where are they going to be able to like <laughs> get, catch us? Oh my god! Um, you can find us currently on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. <laughs> Wait, I love the preface of currently <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's gonna change <laughs> yeah twitter and instagram I swear, to god, I swear to god twitter and instagram subjectively pod you can find us on facebook tiktok and youtube at subjectively speaking my occasionally rude co-host designed a beautiful website for us subjectively speaking.com if you want to support at least me and maybe him, your two favorite hockey podcasters, um, and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can visit our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is at least my favorite number. And, you know, we both... I will admit this. We both don't know how algorithms work. So all of your, we just know all the ratings, uh, subscriptions, comments, likes, whatnot, um, helps us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more lovely humans to this um, beautiful and patient community of ours. Um, and we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, uh, make sure you take care of yourselves, take care of one another, be nice to your best friend, and we will talk to you all on Friday. Bye.